emanating from www.michaelnimmons.com. It's the Thinking Out Loud radio show, giving voice to issues that matter to you. This is Michael Eric Dyson. This is Rochelle Riley, straight out of Detroit. This is Dr. Victoria Dooley at Dr. Dooley MD. Well, everybody, it's your boy, comedian Jay Stevens. This is Frederick D. Haynes III. I am Justin Coates, an author and anti-bullying activist. I am Pam Perry. Hey, everybody, this is Rochelle V. Mann, CEO of Man Made Productions. This is Bree Diane, international evangelist. Hey, this is Candace Pretty Strange Smith. And what's up? This is Ty Scott King. I was cracking Planet Earth. It's your boy Griff, comedian, author, motivational speaker, entrepreneur, philanthropist, but a Jesus Christ lover. You understand me? And you're listening to Thinking Out Loud Radio with my homeboy, Michael Nemes. Check him out right here. Go ahead, Mike. Give him that good, good. I want you to give a warm Thinking Out Loud Radio show welcome to Emmy Award winning WXYZ Channel 7 anchor woman and new friend of the show, Miss Carolyn Clifford. Well, thank you, Michael, and what a nice introduction. So happy to be here. You know what I've got to do. i got to check out my man, Michael Nimmons, who is handling his business as he drops that knowledge. I like that because Frederick Douglass, for whom I'm named, says that knowledge unfits us for slavery. Truth sets us free. If you want to be free, you want to be like Mike. Check out the best radio show online. You're locked in right now to our listening. You're tuned into this. And without thinking about it, guess what? I'm thinking out loud right here on a Thinking Out Loud radio show. And if you want to stay in the know, you better be listening to Thinking Out Loud radio show. You're listening to the Thinking Out Loud radio show. Check out Thinking Out Loud. Thinking Out Loud radio show. Thinking Out Loud radio show. Don't you dare touch that dial. The Thinking Out Loud radio show with Michael Nimmons. Featuring author, motivational speaker, and minister, Michael Nimmons. Song, but Trump is gone. 
Prince is gone. Prince is gone. Oh, Prince is gone. Prince is gone. Prince is gone. Prince is gone. Sunshine. I don't need no other words to this song. Go on now. Prince is gone. Prince is gone. Prince is gone. Prince is gone. I bring you greetings from the White House. Say a word, Tommy. Say a word. Tell Paula White, <laughs> Trump is gone. Tell Bob Johnson, oh, Trump is gone. Somebody tell Kanye, oh, that Trump is gone. Tell Diamond and Silk, that Trump is gone. Yes, he is. Tell Ben Carson, Trump is gone. Welcome to another edition of the Thinking Out Loud radio show, and I'm your host, author, motivational speaker, and minister, Michael Nemitz. And you're tuned in to the show that's giving voice to issues that matter to you. And yes, Trump is gone. Trump is gone. <laughs> Shouts out to uh, journalist Joanne Reed, uh, who posted this song on her Instagram. I think it's from nephew Tommy Steve Harvey's. Uh, a nephew from the Steve Harvey Morning Show And those guys uh, I don't know who they are But man they sound like the mighty clouds of joy <laughs> Trump is gone And we're so thankful that he is gone We're so happy that you guys have tuned in To another edition of Thinking Out Loud Radio Show That is my new anthem Trump is gone <laughs> ah, Yeah we're happy that you tuned in tonight We've got a great show in store for you We're calling it Educating today's youth during a pandemic and we want to first apologize we ran into some technical difficulties on last night and could not post the show as we would have liked to but we're posting on tonight Wednesday uh, at 8 p.m. and I want to shout out our good friends the principals at Mumford High School Damian Perry principal Damian Perry and principal Veranda Strouder at Renaissance High School and um, I want to thank them so much for being on the show with us we had a great interview this is part one of our interview uh, we're calling educating today's youth during a pandemic I want to thank them for 
uh, taking the time out to just share with us some insights uh, regarding their involvement with this transition into virtual learning because of this global pandemic that we are in the midst of with COVID-19. Uh, and uh, I'm sure parents that are listening on tonight will be blessed by the information that is shared from these two individuals. Uh, and, and I'm sure that schools across the country are experiencing some of the same uh, challenges and obstacles uh, that they are faced with uh, on a day-to-day basis, but they're finding new ways to uh, to engage the young people. They're finding ways to keep them um, interacted, interactive and uh, engaged and um Connected to the lesson plans that the teachers have uh, developed for them in this virtual learning environment. So I can't wait to share part one of this interview with you on tonight. We're going to be sharing part two with you on next Tuesday. So be sure to tune in for that. And of course, we've got a dynamic thought of the week for you on tonight. It's taken directly from our latest book entitled Vision. That's right, guys. In a chapter, one of the last chapters of this book, we have a chapter called uh, The Vision for the Next Generation. And we talk about uh, the vision that we as the guardians of this next generation, uh, the leaders of this generation should be sharing with those young people that we're grooming to. Uh, to, to be the leaders of the next generation. And uh, I thought it was appropriate given the title of tonight, the title and the theme of tonight's show, that we uh, we, we give some words of encouragement uh, to the young people that are really trying to do their best to be the leaders that we expect them to be. And so I can't wait to share that dynamic thought of the week for you on tonight. Remember to rate, review, and subscribe to the Thinking Out Loud radio show. Your support helps us to increase our exposure across the world wide web. Follow us on all social media at Facebook, on our Thinking Out Loud Facebook fan page at facebook.com forward slash Thinking Out Loud radio show. Uh, you can also uh, follow us on Instagram and Twitter uh, at TOL Radio Host MSN. Guys, we would love to hear from you. We're all over over social media as much as we can uh, and uh, you can go to our website michaelnimmons.com to check out some of the things there we have to offer guys we got books there we even have t-shirts and hoodies and uh, we have uh, face masks and all kinds of gear uh, from the Thinking Out Loud radio show that you can wear and I think will be great holiday presents and gifts for those that you consider uh, close to you during the holiday season. So check out michaelnemons.com. We've got a lot of great gift ideas that are very affordable and nominal. Uh, So check us out today, and I'm sure you'll be happy that you did. Well, guys, we're going to take our first break of the night. When we come back, we're getting right into our interview with the principal of Renaissance, Principal Verenda Strader, and the principal of Mumford High School, Principal Damian Perry. So, guys, I'm glad that you're tuned in. We've got some great information to share. Don't go anywhere. You're tuned in to the Thinking Out Loud radio show. We'll be right back. You're tuned in to the Thinking Show. 
giving voice to issues that matter to you. Hello, my name is Maya Nimmons, and I want you to listen to my dad, Michael Nimmons, on the Thinking Out Loud radio show. Every Tuesday at 8 p.m., available everywhere you listen to your podcast. And now, available on the Detroit Praise Network website. You better listen to that little girl, the Thinking Out Loud radio show. Giving voice to issues that matter to you. Stephanie D. Sanders, award-winning singer, songwriter, author, voiceover artist, and more. Heard on shows like the Time Join the Morning Show and the Thinking Out Loud radio show. Book Stephanie D. Sanders to voice over your podcast or radio intros or commercials. Do yourself a favor and visit stephaniedsanders.com and upgrade your podcast or radio show by booking Stephanie D. Sanders. You'll definitely be glad that you did. Good friend of ours, iconic, legendary radio host right here in Detroit, John Mason. Welcome to the Thinking Out Loud radio show. Thank you, Pastor Michael, man. out of a cloud and always listen to thinking it out loud it'll change your life it'll do it and every time you watch and listen it'll change your life every day tune in to the thinking out loud radio show every tuesday at 8 p.m with radio host michael nimmons available everywhere you listen to your podcast and now available for download on the detroit praise network app Who told you that you were naked? Who told you that you were insufficient? Who told you that you were a loser? Who told you that you were a failure? Who told you that you were deficient? Who told you that you were nothing? Who told you that you were worthless? Who told you that you had no value? Who told you that you Who Told You That You Were Naked is a dynamic, empowering, and inspiring book about identity that is a definite must-have. Pastor Nimmons talks about an identity crisis that dates as far back as the Garden of Eden. You don't want to miss these powerful insights into not just the problem of this identity crisis, but the discovery of the spiritual solution. Get your copy now, available on Amazon for just $14.95 or by visiting michaelnemons.com. Like a victim when you are already victorious. If you believe in social justice, if you believe that black lives matter, if you believe that voting will bring about a change in November, if you believe that Jesus Christ is king, then you need to be listening to the Thinking Out Loud radio show. I'm radio host Michael Nemens, and if all of your answers are yes, then you need to join me Tuesdays at 8 p.m. on the Thinking Out Loud radio show, available everywhere you listen to your podcast, including michaelnemons.com. The Thinking Out Loud radio show, giving voice to issues that matter to you. You're tuned in to the Thinking Out Loud radio show. Keep it locked, keep it locked, keep it locked. All right, guys, we are back on a very special edition of the Thinking Out Loud radio show. And we have two very 
distinguished guest with us uh, on tonight. Uh, I can't wait to get into this interview. We're talking about educating today's youth in uh, or during a pandemic. And we have two uh, good friends of mine, and they are uh, distinguished educators right here in the city of Detroit. Uh, and I want to give them a proper introduction before we get into the interview. But ladies first, uh, we have uh, Principal uh, Verenda. Is that um, Verenda Strader? Verenda Strader. Uh, she's a daughter, wife, mother of three boys. Uh, she's been working in education for 23 years, uh, teaching in education in community colleges. Uh, she's a math teacher by trade. Uh, she's taught at Crockett Vocational School, Cass Tech, Seahome, uh, and uh, in Seahome as both assistant principal and teacher. And now she's the principal at Renaissance High School, which she considers her dream job. Uh, and we have Principal Damian Perry with us as well. Uh, he is um, a very uh, comical individual, and I'm sure we'll be getting into uh, his comedic side as well as him being an educator. Uh, but uh, he started at Char uh, Chandler Park Academy as a teacher for three years, teaching in social studies and, uh, and English. And then he ventured out to private school in Eaton Academy in Birmingham, Michigan. Uh, and uh, he uh, he's going to get more into talking about uh, that private school experience. But uh, he's also a, he was also a first principal position. His first principal position, rather, is at uh, was at an alternative school, a juvenile detention school. And then he went on to be principal at Pace Academy for six years and uh, and uh, principal at Pontiac Alternative High School. And he's now uh, with the Detroit Public School Community District, and he's been there for uh, six years. And now he is the principal of Mumford High School, my alma mater, the, the, the uh, powder blue and burgundy. Yes, Mustangs, 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 the Mustangs, and we have a new building. Uh, I've had the opportunity to tour there once. I plan to go back there again, but again, I'm so happy. I want you to give a warm, thinking out loud radio show welcome to new friends of the show and good friends of ours, Principal Verenda Strader and Principal Damian Perry. Welcome to the Thinking Out Loud radio show. Thank you, thank you. Absolutely, absolutely. We're so very, very excited to have you guys on the show with us on tonight. Hope I didn't butcher your name, uh, Principal Strata, too much. <laughs> too much. I'm gonna, I'm gonna uh, try to just refer to you as Principal Strata. Uh, so, so as to not uh, mess up your name too badly uh, during the interview. No problem. But how are you guys doing today? Oh, we're doing well. It's beautiful outside. Looks great. You know, we, we can't complain coming off of Thanksgiving. Right. How was your Thanksgiving? Yeah, let's start there. How was your Thanksgiving? I would have to say restful. I mean, this was the first Thanksgiving where it was just my core family. Usually, you know, my parents and and my uh, mother-in-law are involved, but this year it was it was just a smaller version. I still cooked too much food uh, for for everybody, but 
we had a nice quiet time at home. We were able to rest, relax. We watched Jingle Jangle and just, uh, you know, had a good family time. So it was good. I feel very well rested. I'll say that. That's good. What about you, Principal Perry? Uh, had family over, uh, just a great time. And when I say family, it was just four of us. So I don't want to. Uh, have Governor Whitmer, you know, track me down or do anything. <laughs> right, uh, right, like that. right. <clears throat> but uh, no, seriously, it was just four of us there. Uh, it was uh, my mom, uh, dad, uh, and uh, two other persons and just was just really thankful, of course, to make it through this season alive because we know that unfortunately um, there were so many specifically in the city of Detroit uh, that did not. So Definitely, um, okay, definitely excited uh, uh, and was thankful for that. Um, did not get a chance to see Jingle Jangle. That is on my list. Uh, we actually watched Big Mama's House in true <laughs> tradition of uh, African-American colored Negro families. So we had a chance to uh, watch Big Mama's House and uh, just have a good time enjoying one another and uh I have enjoyed this this time off to be able to unplug and not every two seconds looking at emails, not every two seconds looking at uh, uh, Microsoft team alerts uh, and just be able to just sort of recharge the batteries because definitely have a lot of work moving forward uh, at both of our respective schools. Right, right, right. Um you know, you've, uh, you said, uh, you know, you mentioned this, the, the movie Jingle Jangle, and I've heard quite a bit about that and I haven't seen it yet, but, uh, I, I, I guess that's going to be on my list. Might as well put it on my list to see, put it on there. uh, yeah, to see as well. I've heard people mention the movie, but I haven't, uh, I haven't seen it myself. What, what is it about? <laughs> not, not, you know, not to give too much of it away for those yeah, that are, might be listening. Not to give too much of it away. It's just a good, you know, African-American holiday a mu musical, really. It's a musical. musical. Okay. Um, you've got some of our, you know, Forrest Whitaker is in it and Felicia Rashad are also oh, wow. you know, name star stars that we know. Um, and I can't remember the name of the other young lady that we would all know. But um, it was just about a family uh, of an inventor um, who was played by the adult version of Forrest Whitaker and his trials and tribulations with becoming, you know, the, the biggest inventor in the in the area, um, having an invention stolen by a villain, um, and then giving up on his hopes and dreams. And then at the end, the moral of the story is anything is possible um, if you just believe. So it just had a good, you know, um, wow. storyline in the end, you know, filled with some music and dancing and, you know, some good acting. I think some up and coming child, child stars that are going to be you know, good for us moving forward. So it's just a good kind of feel good if you're into musicals. I mean, it wasn't too much musical. If if you're like, mm, I'm not a musical person, it wasn't too much. It was just, probably just enough, um, but it was just really good. I mean, I think uh, when you can watch a family movie that has kind of that, um, you know, good message at the end, um, I think it's good for everybody. And I mean, you know, from from little kids all the way up to grown people, um, just that message of anything is possible if you believe. So it was just a good, and especially in these times, right? When we're dealing in COVID, um, talk, trying to figure things out. Uh, people have lost, you know, loved ones. This is the first holiday without them. 
uh, moving into, you know, the Christmas holiday without our loved ones who we've lost. So um, it was just a really, I think it was just really well done and, and pertinent for this time. Wow. Wow. Uh, yeah. I have to make sure I put that on my list of movies to watch. Uh, not a musical uh, guy, but uh, maybe, maybe that'd be a Netflix and chill kind of night. That's right. <laughs> right. 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 Well, I'm, I'm again, very excited to have you both on the show with us on tonight. And um, as we said in the, in the, the introduction, uh, you guys are distinguished educators right here uh, in the city of Detroit. Uh, principal Strada is the principal of Renaissance High School and Principal Perry is the principal of Mumford High School, my alma mater. And uh, again, so very happy to have you both on the show. But I want to start here, um, you know, kind of biographical, uh, giving you both an opportunity to kind of, you know, share a little bit more about your background as educators. So I'm going to start with Principal Strader. If you can share with our listeners a little bit more about your background in education and why education is the field that you chose for yourself. So, you know, ironically and initially, um, although both of my parents started out as educators, I never wanted to be a teacher, never wanted mm. to be an educator. Um, I think, in fact, when I was a little girl, I thought I was going to either be a judge or I was going to be a sports broadcaster. Those were my two or a news anchor woman or something. Those are the two. Man, I can see that. I can see I that. I can see all of those. I can see all of that. <laughs> wow. those, were, those were two of the kind and of. And maybe vice president. Kid, right. Yeah. <laughs> Um, So I went I went to University of Michigan for my undergraduate degree. And while there, you know, now kids go to school and they already know what they want to do. If you ask somebody, you know, eight years old, they're going to tell you, I'm going to be a neuroscientist, you know, and I'm like, I was, you know, 18, 19 at Michigan. And I'm like, what am I going to do? You know, I just didn't know really what I wanted to major in. So I spent the first year or so just kind of taking a lot of different courses Um, I've always been kind of good at math. And so I kind of, you know, ventured into that world and ended up didn't want to be a pure math major because I was like, I'm not going to be a teacher. So, you know, let me do something else in the math field. So I ended up getting my undergraduate degree in actuarial science. Um, And so I I studied that. It was a very, very challenging um, degree at Michigan, but I was able to get it done. Um, And after I was finished, I I realized then uh, I don't want to be in a cubicle all my life, taking exams and crunching numbers. You know, I am a little bit more of a people person in that and didn't want to just be sitting at a desk. So I was like, what am I going to do? My roommate at the time, she was in education. She was like, well, until you can figure it out, just go get, you know, an education degree. You can become a teacher and maybe you'll change your mind and, and figure something else out. And I'm like, okay. So I end up staying at Michigan, getting a second degree um, in secondary math education. And that was how I decided to be a teacher. So um, finished that degree, uh, started off at, at Rocket Technical High School, which uh, was a small school where currently where Ben Carson is now, but we had a trailer in addition. So the Votech side was at Ben Carson, the current standing of Ben Carson, and we had a trailer right there in that field. And I think for me, especially not knowing that that was what I wanted to do was the best place for me. It was a small school at the time. I mean, we've got a, a lot of small schools now, but at the time um, in, in 1998, I think is when I started with the district, um, it was only a school of 600 kids, uh, which was very small at that time. 
Um, and so we had 300 kids in the trailer and the other 300 were across in the Votech Center. So um, we, it was uh, a very good experience because we were able to know everybody, our whole staff. We had less than 20 people um, for the entire staff um, on the high school side. And it's probably less than that because everybody, one of the classrooms was our office. And so the whole staff had a desk in this one room. Mm. Um, it was good because there were a lot of veteran teachers there at the time. And it was myself and two of my other now longtime friends who uh, we both all, we all kind of started around the same time and we were kind of the young, you know, new kids on the block and they taught us a whole lot of, of stuff. Um, you know, figuring out who we are, who we were going to be as an educator, why we were there, uh, what was our purpose in life. I mean, we just had a life lesson because we had that r small room where everybody met every day um, and we were really able to grow and, and flourish as educators. And so I think that was the perfect place for me. And, and after a while, um, I said, you know, I love doing this. I think this is just going to be my career. Um, I'll remain, you know, as a, as a as a math teacher and end up teaching, I think, for a total of probably 14 years before I ventured off into um, administration. And um, so after I, I left uh, Crockett in 2005, when they were getting ready to move over um, to their new building um, and I moved to Cass Tech as a math teacher there when they were going into their new building where they are right now. Um, that's when they shut the old building down, opened the new building. So it just seemed like it all kind of happened good. You know, I was moving when everything was moving. Um, so we were all going to be new in that big, you know, building over there at Cass Tech. So it was just the perfect um, again for me. It just seemed like it just happened well all together. Um, and, and it seemed like it was in divine order. And so I went over to Cass Tech, taught math there for another seven years. I believe I was at Cass as a math teacher. Um, and then that's when I decided to move over into um, administration and became an assistant principal first at Cass Tech. Um, and then I left there and went over to uh, Birmingham Seahome High School where I was administrator there. So the difference between being in an inner city, um, you know, for the majority of my career and then going over to a very affluent area, as, as Principal Perry had mentioned at Eaton, um, you know, it is just a completely different experience. Um, but I think I grew tremendously in those three years um, when I was there in Birmingham. So I'm very thankful uh, for that uh, professional decision that I made to, to make that move um, so that I could learn and grow as an educator. And uh, when the position uh, came available here uh, back in, at the Detroit Public School Community District, um, I jumped right on it um, and was fortunate enough to be selected as the principal at Renaissance High School where I am now. Um, and this is um, into the third year um, now. Um, very interesting third year. And I know we're going to get into that conversation a little bit later, but that's how I ended up here at Renaissance. And I think that, um, you know, just over the time uh, that I have spent since 1997, I have learned and grown uh, a tremendous deal um, and believe that, you know, I'm where I'm supposed to be. And this is the career that I should be in making an impact on the lives of children. Wow, what a tremendous journey. What a tremendous journey that you've taken. I'm sure uh, your experiences have taught you a great deal, uh, you know, taking this, 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 uh, the, your, through your journey, rather, uh, in your educational tenure. Uh, again, so very happy to have you on the Thinking Out Loud radio show. And same question to you, Principal Perry. You know, what, um, you know, tell us about, uh, you know, your, 
uh, educational tenure and share with us a little bit more about your background in education and why you decide you decided to go into that area as well. Sure. So just, you know, some, you know, similarities, you know, uh, so I grew up um, in a household where my mom was a teacher. Uh, my dad worked at General Motors. My aunt uh, was a teacher. Uh, my other aunt was a teacher. My grandmother uh, worked at an HBCU. So great aunt was a teacher. So education uh, or social service has always been something that's just been in my DNA. Started out um, just at a very young age, really saying that, um, that I wanted to teach as well as be in education leadership. Uh, so um, started out at Chrysler Elementary, um, wanting to go to King High School, um, always sort of had, you know, um, specifically probably since my mother worked for the district, uh, had always been kind of uh, in the loop of district conversation, you know, during the time of uh, uh, Arthur Jefferson and uh, all, you know, Kay Everett and all of these, you know, uh, mm. DPS, uh, you know, just quote unquote, greats, David L. Sneed and uh, all of those persons and have always just been um, involved in that vein, even before I became, uh, even before I be became to be a direct, of course, employee of the district. But um Graduated from King High School, um, went to Alabama A&M University, was a uh, education major, um, kind of like Strader. I probably started out saying that I wanted to, of course, uh, at first, you know, to be a lawyer. Then, of course, um, I wanted to be a doctor. Uh, but when I saw the uh, <laughs> the lift of math, uh, decided that <laughs> being being an MD was not going to be for me. Um, <laughs> and um, came into the idea of um, always, you know, enjoying working with young adults, uh, working with kids, and uh, let, which led me to my first, you know, teaching position, you know, at Chandler Park Academy. And just from an early sort of time period, um, I think my background at HBCU, um, having the best instructors um, in education, you know, um, that, you know, were just all about educating African-American kids and, and really uh, demonstrating at all times excellence. Um, and was really, really thankful for, you know, that indoctrination very, very early. Uh, really use those tools that I learned at AM uh, really to just kind of really move very quickly to the mindset of not only teaching, but also wanting to be a leader within, uh, within the school. So, um, I remember, um, now this is really early and Strader is going to laugh too. I remember, uh, you know, my colleagues, uh, of course, uh, in the days of submitting lesson plans, you would, uh, submit them to, uh, your principal. Uh, and this is really before that you would now teachers upload everything to us. 
but you would have to, of course, give a copy of your lesson plan first thing Monday morning. And I, I remember uh, some of my coworkers uh, having their lesson plans and something happening to the disc or something, you know, <laughs> the internet, you know, uh, the uh, internet was not working or something. Uh, and them just being lost. And my principal used to always, you know, just sort of comment, um, you know, you always don't seem to have any of those issues. So if their computers in their room did not work, they were lost. If they didn't have um, a um, overhead that worked, they were lost. If they... You know, but me going to HBCU, uh, we didn't have any of that. You know, so... Uh, we were using microfiche and microfilm. <laughs> no, I'm la- y'all are laughing. Right. In wow. 97, wow. we were using microfilm and microfiche for wow. research papers. Uh, whereas other, <laughs> you know, my cousin that went to Oklahoma State, they were online, you know, they, <laughs> but we just didn't have that at, 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 at HBCU. Um, and I say that to say in our credit, I think that it developed a different level of administrator and teacher because you use the tools that you had to provide nothing but the best to your kids. So I say all that to say those experiences really became um, really kind of a hallmark of who I am of being able to overcome, adapt and overcome without the per se tools necessary to do it and still doing it in a way of excellence for our kids. So um, those are the kind of experiences that really just kind of molded me uh, and really kind of just started me along my trajectory um, of not only teaching, but also teaching, you know, um, uh, and moving into leadership because, you know, just until a couple of uh, just, my first couple of months in the school, I was selected as lead teacher. So we probably had 450 kids uh, in our building. Um, so basically the hierarchy of the building was principal and then the lead teacher. So, you know, from there, you know, really being able to go into, you know, working at Eaton um, and my title at Eaton was, um, first assistant director of admissions and then it was admissions director and my job was recruitment of families to the school as well as moving them through the enrollment process um great experience um had the opportunity to be um mentored uh by pete pullen who was african-american himself uh, went to school at U of M, phenomenal educator, uh, was a former head of school at Herlong uh, of Detroit, which is a private school right off of Woodward across the street from the Science Center, but learned a lot from him. Um, but within that learning, also found myself constantly going back to my roots. So I took it upon myself of trying to recruit more African-American families to Eaton Academy, um, which of course was my vision, but it wasn't the vision of that leader to do it that way. Um, so he and I had a really, a really good 
conversation after um, uh, just sort of doing that and, and trying to develop grants, trying to develop scholarships for African-Americans to sort of go here, to go there. We just had a real blunt conversation of this is my vision. And if you're going to be here, it can't be what Damien's vision is. It has to be what my vision of the building is. And I fully agree with that. And uh, God really saw fit for um, me to get my first offer probably a year after that conversation. So that was probably like year five for me there. Four and a half, five for me to get my first um, um, sort of recruitment kind of call as far as being a principal, my first principalship. So I say all that to say um, that kind of led me along my path. And uh, everything that I kind of learned, you know, as a teacher that I learned uh, in the suburbs, I tried to bring to each one of my schools um specifically what i learned at hbcu as far as this whole idea really of black excellence uh really through education so um yeah i don't want to kind of ramble so all those things kind of led to 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 who i am and all of those persons and experiences really kind of um developed me as who i am as a leader and who i am as an educator you're listening to the Thinking Out Loud radio show with Pastor Michael Nimmons. Don't you dare touch that dial. Demiree Graphics. In need of a local design for your business, then check out Demiree Graphics. Need flyers, business cards, t-shirts, or website for your business, then check out Demiree Graphics. The people at Demiree Graphics will get you right for your next business venture. They're professional, creative, courteous, and they get the job done right every time. Check out the team at Demiree Graphics. Give them a call today at 734-219-5266. Demiree Graphics, bringing your imagination to life. Congratulations to Pastor Michael Nimmons for over 20,000 streams and downloads. Rate, review, and subscribe to the Thinking Out Loud radio show podcast. Available on Apple Podcasts, Google Play Music, TuneIn, Spotify, iHeartRadio, Radio.com, and MichaelNimmons.com. Tune in today. The Thinking Out Loud radio show giving voice to issues that matter to you. Thinking Out Loud swag is here. T-shirts, polos, hoodies, letterman's jackets, and even face masks. All priced affordably and in a variety of colors and sizes. Just visit michaelnimmons.com to purchase your favorite Thinking Out Loud radio show swag. Get yours today and rep the show out loud.
have spoken. From Minneapolis, Minnesota to London, England. From New Zealand to New York City. Black Lives Matter and I Can't Breathe are the sentiment of people around the world. Dr. King was right. Injustice anywhere is a threat to justice everywhere. We must do everything we can to continue to march, protest, and rally for justice. Let us march on until victory is won. An important message from the Thinking Out Loud radio show. Listening to the Thinking Out Loud radio show with Pastor Michael Nimmons. Don't you dare touch that dial. You're tuned in to the Thinking Out Loud radio show. Keep it locked, keep it locked, keep it locked. I hope you're enjoying our discussion of tonight's topic, educating today's young people during a pandemic with Principal Strader and Principal Perry from Renaissance and Mumford High School. Let's get back into this insightful and thought provoking interview. Awesome, awesome, awesome. I know you guys are enjoying our interview with two distinguished educators right here in the city of Detroit, uh, Principal Strader of Renaissance High School and Principal Perry of Mumford High School, both of them sharing their experiences and their educational tenure. And uh, I mean, I'm truly enjoying it and listening to them just reminds me of the importance of education. The quote that Malcolm X uh, said some time ago, education is our passport to the future for tomorrow belongs to the people who prepare for it today. And as we delve uh, or as we transition rather into the topic for uh, tonight's show, educating today's youth during a pandemic, you know, I want to uh, start here with the question for Principal Strader, you know, what were your first initial thoughts, you know, given everything we, you know, we heard about COVID-19, uh, I have to admit when back in March, uh, when the, where we were, we, uh, we were hit with the first shutdown here in Michigan. Uh, I, I, I was, I, like many of you who are listening on tonight, those that are, you know, uh, the two, uh, including my two guests were probably, uh, unaware of the impact that this virus was going to have, uh, on the state of Michigan and around the country. And, and quite frankly, around the world, uh, it is affected just about every aspect of our lives. And, uh, and so my question to you was what are, what your first thoughts about, uh, your job, about, uh, you know, educating uh, young people during this pandemic, you know, your initial thoughts about virtual learning and, and, and the virus itself back in March of, of this year, here we are towards the end of the same year. 
and you know, 12 million cases, almost 13 million cases uh, now with COVID-19. Again, what were your thoughts about this virus and about your job as an educator and principal at Renaissance High School? Well, you know, it's funny that uh, when when we first went on our closure in March, um, literally, and you know, we all left like, see in three weeks, you know, I think that um, the initial reaction was kind of a nonchalant, if, if you will, reaction because we weren't really hearing about it. Um, and I know you all, everybody knows that our the current resident of the White House was not um, providing the information necessary for us to even realize the impact that was coming upon us. Right. And so it first hit, you know, we, you know, we're all leaving the office, you know, high-fiving, shaking hands, giving hugs, seeing a couple of weeks, thinking like, oh, we've got an additional, you know, Christmas break. You know, right. it's really, you know, the mindset that we had, um, not really knowing what was to come. Um, and it wasn't until, you know, a, a few days later after coming home and, and watching the news, you know, myself and getting more information that we were, I was like, wow, this is like very serious. This isn't, you know, just going to be a quick break. I wonder if we'll ever, and then, you know, just the unknown of, uh, do you wear a mask? Do I need to have on gloves? Give me a full body suit. I'm not leaving my house. Do I go in the store? How do you breathe the air? I mean, it was just so many, um, so many, many questions at the time. And, and when we first went on our, on, on our break, it was just kind of a break from education, if you will, for those first three weeks, it was, you know, kids, um, you know, we'll be back. Uh, it's a break. You know, I think that just in true Renaissance fashion, there were some assignments probably given to, you know, do these over the next couple of weeks. We had always at Renaissance been using one of the platforms that the district is now using called Schoology. So our teachers had always been in virtual communication with our students, hmm. um, even before, you know, this whole new virtual thing has come. So, you know, I think my teachers were communicating with students at that time during those three weeks off. I um, mean, we had been as well. And so, you know, initially, like I said, you know, we kind of took it as, you know, we'll be on a little break. Um, and then, you know, once we all realized what it was and, and Dr. Vitti and, and our uh, central office staff decided that, you know, we've got to change to, um, you know, kind of on virtual enrichment at this time because we weren't prepared. Um, the preparation, you know, they always say stay prepared so you don't have to get prepared or stay ready so you don't have to get ready. Um, and I don't know that we were ready, nor anyone, you know, really was ready uh, for something like this to happen. And then how do you move forward and continuing to educate our students? Because that's really what's important. Um, and so we did try um, and go into an enrichment phase where um, students were, were granted pass-fail grades uh, for that second semester. Um, and we were trying to do the best that we could to try to keep the kids engaged. And I have to say, you know, my staff at Renaissance did a tremendous job at doing that. And again, I think having um, already the access of a virtual platform, you know, really helped us um, in being able to manipulate our way through, th through that time last semester. Um, and so I felt, you know, it was very important for myself and my administrative team to make sure that we keep everybody engaged, um, teachers as well as students. And, uh, you know, at that time in Detroit, um, you all remember, I mean, that's when death rate seemed you know, um, I mean, it was astronomical. And in, in the zip code where, Res where Renaissance is, um, we had the highest number of deaths in the city of Detroit. 
Mm -hmm. um, and so uh, right there where our school sits, you know, we're kind of right around down the street from Sinai Grace. And as you all know, Sinai Grace was having um, a lot of cases come through and and those coolers and, and things that they had outside of outside in the parking lot of the school. And so, you know, it became a time where um, I don't want to say we went on pause, but it was really, really important that we were keeping the mindsets of everybody um, together. Uh, you know, we did, you know, my staff, um, we met weekly on Fridays, uh, what we were calling Renaissance happy hour, just to try to keep morale, um, high. Um, we were ensuring ourselves, uh, you know, staying in touch with students, posting messages. Um, we were doing, uh, you know, everybody was on wellness checks from, uh, my teachers to clerical to counselors. Uh, we were reaching out and calling kids all throughout that entire time and really just checking on them to see, you know, just, hey, here's a, a, a friendly voice from your school. Are you okay? And if you need some assistance, here's where you can get it. Um, the district did a good job having um, different services uh, provided uh, where we could kind of direct kids if, if we didn't have the answer at our own building. Uh, so we had a lot of different means of trying to assist our families. Um, and so that's what we did and tried to make it, you know, make it through the year the best that we could. Um, and I have to say that, you know, from the district level all the way down to the school level, I think we all did a good representative job of making sure that everybody was taken care of, um, you know, from the social, emotional, all the way to educational. And, and I think we did a phenomenal job. And, and as we continue to do the best that we can do, given the situation now, of course, in this school year, I think we're a little more prepared. Um, seeing that we ended the year that way, we, we did uptick some of the things that we were doing um, to end the school year for this school year to ensure that we're educating um, our students the best way that we can. And so we've got a lot of resources available for families. We have a lot of um, ways that we can assist um, with not only um, educating, uh, but educating in technology, educating in our platforms, um, opportunities for families to come and get some additional help. We're getting ready to open uh, some district hubs, hub centers, technology hub centers, where um, every school building will be will be giving out meals to families um, on Mondays and Thursdays, um, as well as we will have technology hub centers open all through the week. There's 13 buildings. Uh, my building and uh, Principal Perry's building are one of the one of the 13 buildings selected for those technology hubs. Um, but we have um, really come a long way fast um, to try to make sure that we can try to keep education at the forefront um, of what we're trying to do because our students are missing out on a lot. I mean, it is something to be in that large building with no kids in there. When you're used to 1,200 kids, you know, running around the building, it's like a ghost town. Um, but, you know, we continue to push on. Um, we continue to try to provide and educate and support um, everybody along this way. And and like I said, I think we're doing a phenomenal job and we'll continue to do the best that we can do um, until we can get back to some form of normalcy. I understand completely, you know, going back to something you said earlier, you know, there was, you know, back in March, we really didn't know uh what we didn't know. It was a lot that uh, we didn't know about the virus uh, when, when uh, you know, we, we definitely didn't know how much it was going to impact our lives. Uh, and uh, we didn't know um, because again, the, the, the Trump administration was not sharing 
uh, information with the, the, the public. And of course, we did not know how far this virus was going to span the globe because this is not just a United States problem, but it is a global pandemic that we're still in the middle of. And uh, we certainly appreciate uh, people like yourself who uh, you know, were engaged enough to know that they had to, uh, to, 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 to change some things um, in, their, in, their, uh, in the way they were doing things and their methodology in order for their young people to uh, be able to be successful during this, this time frame. Um, for, for you, Principal Perry, what were some of your initial thoughts about you know, this virus, about your job, about your young people? Um, I'm, I'm sure there, you know, there are some similarities between you both, uh, but share with us what was going through your mind when you first got the, got the call about shutting down and, and going home and, you know, um, and, and what were going to be some of your next steps, um, after that. So very, very similar. Um, so I remember I was, um, in my kitchen, oddly enough, uh, at Mumford, we had, uh, just a prior to, um, if I'm not mistaken, it was a week of like maybe March 10th or March 9th prior to, we probably had about two weeks of persons in the building sick, mm. uh, that it was just this. And I, and I was included in that number, uh, the week before, uh, the shutdown actually happened. So we, you know, everyone was sick, you know, with this, you know, um, with the uh, virus, uh, no, not virus okay. with okay. this cold. So I oh, think okay. that that's that's how it, you know, right? Who knows? Yeah, yeah. Uh, and and I think now, you know, of course, with knowledge and time, I do think that there was probably a strain of it that was mm. uh, that you could, you know, now attribute it to. But I do know that prior to that, we just had a lot of just sickness in the building. Um, a lot of subs. So it was very, very hectic, uh, prior to, um, and even, you know, for me, um, uh, you know, missing days is just something that I just don't do. I actually just pushed through to the point of, we had uh, one of our biology teachers, you know, just say, I really wish you would just go home. You know, you, mm. you really don't look well. You, you know, you're sneezing, cough. you really, need to go home. Now that was probably Tuesday before the Wednesday, Thursday that we shut down. So I remember, um, when, uh, Dr. VD, our superintendent sent out the, um, robocall and email that, you know, that we were going to, uh, to shut down as a district. I remember just kind of, you know, like Strader alluded to, uh, I thought this was going to be like H1N1. So, you know, prior to, you know, I've been hearing things on CNN and, you know, seeing news stories, but I really likened it to um, this was going to be something that was going to be very, very quickly clear, you know, cleared up uh, that, you know, uh, that America, as we usually do, crisis averted, you know, this was going to be something that was going to miss us completely. Um, and it was quite obvious that, um, it was not going to be like that. So if I'm not mistaken, I think our school maybe shut down, 
I think it was the 12th of the 13th. I think that Thursday and Friday were our last two days. Kids last day may have been that Wednesday, Thursday. Uh, staff last day was that Friday. Um, and we probably had about a week and a half uh, of building the platform as far as I always do something called Sunday notes where I'm in constant communication with our families. We do uh, a uh, robocall email text message that kind of gives, you know, insight as far as what's going on. We had the wellness checks that we were doing as a school. Um, and Mumford and I always like to say our, our school really being the heart of the neighborhood was really commissioned by the district to begin to do a lot of social emotional support for mm. families. Uh, so um, our school became the hub, one of the hubs for the West side as far as uh, providing meals to families. So I was back in the building, uh, similar to Ms. Strader, I was in the building probably that March 20th. So there was about two weeks to where I was not in the building, but from March 20th until <laughs> Friday, <laughs> we were literally in the building every single day. Um, wow. There has not been a time period when outside of those two weeks that I was not in the building. So our level of care, not through, uh, you know, not just through ensuring that we were doing wellness checks, not only ensuring that we were um, providing, you know, uh, um, education for kids. And, and I will say, even in conversation with families, uh, with friends of families that have students in Farmington Hills, um, Southfield, I mean, different places, literally DPSCD, we were teaching every day. So in conversations uh, with, uh, with, with other schools or families that had school districts, it was 10 minutes uh, um, on Monday, Wednesday, and Friday. Uh, but that was not our instruction as a district. As a school, the idea really was the kids were, were to be logging in every single day. Uh, with the full 50 minutes, 55 minutes, however you do your scheduling of instruction every single day. Um, but we also had to not only provide that instruction, um, not only learn the team's platform, so you know, flying the plane while we're building it, we also became the hub for providing meals. So early on, um, I was at the school with my lunch team passing out food for families uh, with literally families lining up all around, you know, um, you know, just about from the door to the mouth of our parking lot, uh, receiving meals. Um, I was at the building passing out and Strata was too at, at her respective building, but I was at my building passing out uh, homework packets. So for families that did not have access whatsoever to log online, we actually provided homework packets and not only were we providing homework packets specifically for ninth through 12th graders, but we were also doing uh, providing packets from K, well, I'm sorry, pre-K all the way to 12th grade. Uh, so once again, as we talk about, I know as we talk about frontline and being um, 
um, you know, frontline, you know, uh, workers, we as principals were frontline workers uh, right. because we were providing those packets. We were passing out lunch. And then even through the summer, providing uh, technology. So literally passing out tablets to families. So this has not been a time of respite or this has not been a time of sitting back on our laurels. Literally, we've been on the front line providing food, providing education, providing social emotional support for our families, providing technology, um, providing school materials, providing books. Um, we've been doing all of that within the breadth of uh, the pandemic and all of the dangers that it also presents to us and our families as well. So, you know, we have been those frontline workers uh, right. from the very beginning and, and providing those services. And I think that speaks to um, really the importance that schools play, specifically urban schools play within our community uh, that we provide that support for our families. And, you know, in many occasions really do it at, a, at, at the detriment of our own safety and the mm -hmm. detriment of our own health as well. I totally agree with you. You guys definitely are frontline workers. Uh, This is Michael Eric Dyson, and when I'm in Detroit, I listen to the Thinking Out Loud radio show, dropping that knowledge, giving that inspiration, giving us that enlightenment. Nobody does it like Brother Michael does it. Do your thing. Holla. Peace. The Thinking Out Loud radio show, giving voice to issues that matter to you. Don't, 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 don't touch that dial. It's the Thinking Out Loud radio show. We'll be right back. Thinking Out Loud swag is here. T-shirts, polos, hoodies, letterman's jackets, and even face masks. All priced affordably and in a variety of colors and sizes. Just visit michaelnimmons.com to purchase your favorite Thinking Out Loud radio show swag. Get yours today and rep the show out loud. All pro football player Derek Mason on Jay-Z in the NFL. Jay-Z said, you know, we're past milling. Because Jay-Z, you may be past milling, but the guys that are still milling, the guys that are still fighting for injustice, they're not past milling. Everybody's screaming that, oh, Jay-Z's at the table now. We should be happy that one of us is at the table. Just because you're at the table doesn't mean we all eat in the same. Poet and lyricist Ty Scott King on the culture of CHH. My brain is overloaded. Like, I think a lot of people are like, man, there's not really many people doing this. There are thousands of very amazing artists that are doing Christian hip-hop. So I think about Aaron Cole. I think about Stephen Malcolm, who... 
if there's someone that could hear an interview and be like, I want to work with him, like he would be a person that I, I would love to work with. He's just a phenomenal rapper, just really creative. Wande, she's another one that, uh, another artist that I had on my radio show. She is, um, Wande is maybe in her early 20s. She's doing a lot of stuff now with Reach Records and just really different, <laughs> really um, going against the grain. Griff from Get Up Mornings with Erica Campbell on what he does besides comedy. Yeah, yeah. Comedy is always my first my first job. Radio is my side job, but I just um, got a nonprofit. I've been working with other people's nonprofits for the last thirty years. Um, and I just created my own nonprofit, five oh one C three called the Process Success Foundation to deal with leadership. And basically, I'm just gonna take a bunch of young men on field trips all around the world. And I can show you how during the NHL season that all basketball stadiums have ice on them with the hardwood over the ice. Once I show you those processes, then I can teach you the process forgiveness. I can teach you the process of love. I can teach you the process of being grateful. We bring you the best minds who deliver their best thoughts only on the Thinking Out Loud radio show. Vision should be the next book you purchase. Written by radio host and minister Michael Nimmons. Vision is an insightful, thought-provoking book that is also a helpful tool in getting you to see your life through God's eyes. Vision Endorsed by best-selling authors Dr. Eddie Connor and Kim Brooks and mega-pastor Bishop Charles H. Ellis III. Vision is a life-changing book that you need in your personal library. Get your copy today. Available everywhere books are sold online or at michaelnimmons.com. Get your copy today. Vision. Vision. Stay tuned for more motivation, more inspiration, and more empowerment on the Thinking Out Loud radio show. Keep it locked. Hope you enjoy part one of this insightful discussion of educating today's youth during a pandemic with Principal Strader and Principal Perry from Renaissance and Mumford High School. Let's hear the conclusion of part one of this thought-provoking and insightful discussion. I totally agree with you. You guys definitely are frontline workers, uh, you know, because you, you're 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 in the thick of it. You you had to roll up your sleeves, just like the doctors, the the nurses, the police officers, the firefighters, all those that uh, you know were dealing with this pandemic, uh, you know day in and day out and you know you don't really know who you are until uh, or, or what your role is until you're put in these positions or how impactful your role is until you put uh, 
in these positions. I sit on a board of uh, directors for one of our charter schools here, right here in the city of Detroit in Redford. And, um, you know, just sitting there listening to, uh, you know, some of the things that were being done for our young people, uh, you know, providing technology, providing laptops, providing tablets, mm-hmm. providing food for them uh, throughout the week uh, t- as a way to subsidize, uh, you know, parents, uh, you know, income uh, because they were not able to, may not be able to provide that that type of food for them every single day now that they are at home. Uh, you know, those types of things are, are very important. And uh, for schools to step up and take on those responsibilities, I think is admirable and, uh, and remarkable, especially during something like this, this crisis situation where everybody is, is all hands on deck. And going back to March, where we didn't really know what we didn't know. And uh, a lot of it was unknown to us what the impact of it was. And if you asked us probably back in March, you know, would we, you know, you know, like you said, we would probably be back in three weeks, but not knowing that, you know, here we are in November going on December, we're 13, close to 13 million confirmed cases of COVID-19 with a quarter of a million deaths. And, uh, and, and the numbers are still climbing every single day and it has impacted every aspect of our lives. And so, uh, my next question to you all really, you know, pertains to, you know, the, the, the to where we are now, you know, now that we have, uh, you know, we are a few months into virtual learning for our young people. Some, uh, some depart, some schools or some school districts have kind of like a variety of 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 learning uh, situations for for young people where it's not entirely virtual. Some of it is, um, you know, they're able to to go into a building and the teachers themselves are uh, in, a, a, you know, a Zoom environment. But, you know, for, for parents that, that have uh, regular jobs, that they're not working remotely, uh, the, the Detroit Public School Community District, from what I understand, has provided them that opportunity where they can drop their kids off and uh, and be and still be educated and taught in that kind of environment. So now that we are here um, in this this new learning environment, what are some of your thoughts about um, you know uh, some of your thoughts about what what has been done right, what has been done wrong, uh, how our young people are adapting to this new learning environment? I have three of my own that are virtual learning. And uh, I, I have to say, you know, when I asked them the question about how how is school, two of them say it's boring. Uh, you know, a 13 year old and 11 year old. Then I have a five year old who is in pre K, and uh, it's hard to keep her uh, attention. Uh, uh, you know, in those type of environments. So for for you for you as educators and principals and administrators, you know, how are our young people uh, adapting to this new virtual learning environment you know um what are um what are your thoughts on that and um are there areas where you guys can improve in that and 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 what are some steps that are being taken in that regard 
So, you know, one thing I, I have to just start with is that we know that there is no replacement for in-person learning. Right. Um, and so, you know, to believe wholeheartedly that we are educating in the best form possible is, is a little bit of a misnomer. Mm -hmm. um, although we are doing and there are some kids who are excelling or still excelling in this environment, it's very difficult, um, you know, I think for to replace in-person learning. Mm -hmm. um, we have, though, you know, and then in the other respect, we have, though, come a long way. Um, initially, I believe, even in my staff, that um, we thought that we could do it the same way that we did in person. You know, going in thinking, you know, we're hardcore, we're doing the same thing, we're not going to miss a beat, 50-minute classes, 8 to 320, you know, we're still doing what we, what we have to do. Um, and I think quickly into that, we realized that that was not going to be um, the best thing to do. In fact, with my administrative team in the summer, as we were, you know, putting this all together, we had discussions before discussions were being had in the district about asynchronous learning. We had those discussions because we sat and realized, you know, Renaissance High School is already um, a high academic expectation. And we have that throughout the district, but um, you know that our kids um, are, are pushed really, really hard at Renaissance. And we knew then that there would be no way that our kids would be able to sit in front of the computer and teachers as well every day from 8 to 320 in this one spot where we're sitting right now. Um, right. And, and being able to take it all in and then being able to not just sit there and listen, but to learn it. And the key right. is our learning. You know, I might be saying it, I might be teaching it, but are you learning it? And so we started off the school year with departmental asynchronous days, meaning there were um, a day when, say, the math department took Mondays. Um, they would have the kids check in on Teams. Uh, they would give them um, a quick hit of instruction, five minutes, and then students would log off. Mm -hmm. um, and so they had at least at least one period, and sometimes in some cases they may have had two, but at least one period every day where they were not, um, you know, required to sit in front of the computer. Um, although I believe that did have a little bit of an impact, it just wasn't enough. Um, and, you know, our kids told us about it. They voiced it to us. They voiced it to the district um, that it was just a lot um, to be sitting in front of um, the computer that long. So I think initially, you know, we all just took um, the wrong path to online learning. Mm. Um, and, and, and in our school, um, the issues came in, in a few different buckets. One was the amount of screen time. Um, the other was the amount of work, the workload. Um, the other was the, um, are the students learning? And so we had to, you know, start trying to come up with, and the district was, um, gave us permission to kind of alter our schedule and the way that we were, we're doing things. And so uh, my community jumped right on it. We had several town halls. We had several meetings with students, staff, parents to try to come up with somewhere we could kind of meet in the middle to ensure that 
um, there was a bit of satisfaction. And I would tell the kids when I met with them, you know, treat this like a Christmas list when you were young. You know, you'll be able to write down 10 things knowing you're not going to get all 10. Um, but, you know, mom is going to do her best to get as many of these as she can. And so um, try to relate it to them in that way, knowing that things that they were asking for, um, we would try to meet some of them, but we would certainly wouldn't be able to meet them all. Um, and so we came with a schedule that works um, that we've been doing now for just a couple of weeks. Um, and since then, you know, the the comments that I've received from everyone is that this is a lot better. So our students are not on, we, we virtually cut the time pretty much in half um, and it gives students an opportunity to be done um, at 1.30 and they have the last two hours of the day where they can meet in office hours with their, with their teachers um, to get some one-on-one -on -one help. Because you know, normally in, a, in an in-person situation, you know, you've got that after school time, you've got in between class where you can stop and walk back and talk to a teacher and say, hey, Mr. So-and-so, you know, can we talk about this again or whatever that, you know, whatever that might be. And so now our students every day have the afternoon to be able to do that. Um, where if it was something that they missed, something they didn't quite understand, um, need extra help, need to redo a quiz or a test, um, want to meet in small groups with, you know, some study groups, um, want to get a chance to meet with their counselors because we haven't, you know, they haven't in our old schedule, they really didn't have the time to do that because you know they were in school from 8 to 3.20 every day. So we've kind of loosened it up a little bit where um, students have more time in the afternoon and autonomy to do um, some of those other things and be able to keep up with the work. Um, and so I think that now, you know, and, and we've got to give it a little bit more time to see if this is a better solution, but at this point, it seems to be um, a better solution for us um, at Renaissance. And, and we're living into it right now um, and we're working it and we're trying to see it. And, I, and I'm hopeful that this is going to be the best solution for us to get through at least January, depending on where if we return back to school um, after that or not. But I think that this is a, is a good, happy medium where we are right now. So um, to answer the question initially, I think we did have some, you know, I think we had our some things uh, a little bit off. Our hopes were um, didn't meet the needs of the students um, and the staff members. And, and so now um, we have an opportunity to, to do a lot of different things. Um, my kids were saying they'd be on the computer from eight in the morning until 11, 12 at night because everything is now on the computer. Um, their class is on the computer as well as all of their work because you've got to submit it back online. You pull your paper offline, everything was online. And now I think, you know, we can cut back on that amount of time that they're sitting in front of the screen. And I think we've done that um, still in a healthy way. Um, my teachers are still teaching, um, you know, a good lesson. You know, most teachers teach a lesson with between 20 and 30 minutes anyway. And so with our class periods being 35 minutes, it gets them, you know, we are really being efficient with our time. Um, and there's no time for, um, you know, any other thing, but you can get a good lesson in with some questions and answers in a good 20 to 30 minutes. And so that's why we selected a 35 minute time, which gives them um, some time, you know, a little bit of wiggle room for attendance and whatnot. Um, and then, like I said, if, if anything was missed from a student because of whatever the reason might be, they have that afternoon to get back with that teacher um, you know, at the end of the day or end of our school day now so that they can they can uh, come back and, and get their questions answered and, and get some additional help. So um, I'm thinking that, you know, in an online situation, I'm thinking that this might be the best where we've cut screen time 
um, address the workload and, and ensuring that our students are learning. Mm-hmm. Similar question uh, for you, uh, Principal Perry, you might sure. want to turn your phone because you, you're upside down with us. You, we, we're looking at you sideways. <laughs> hey, look here, man. All right, go ahead. <laughs> No, it's okay. Go ahead. That's that's one of the, that's one of the things that's come out of. I, I've had a lot. I do a lot of Zoom, uh, uh, these type of Zoom meetings uh, for my, you know, for work, and you know, uh, we see this happen sometimes. People are not used to doing it, and the cameras are, you know, well, see, I'm used to doing this kind so of way. This phones just... are turned upside down or <laughs> right side up. <laughs> well, usually. So this is actually, um, and this kind of touches on what you're asking me, uh, because we this is our format for the district as far as meetings. See, now I don't even know right. where to look. See, <laughs> so this is our format very specifically uh, for the district. So uh, what is different about this conversation, quite honestly, is I'm using my phone, mm-hmm. uh, which usually um, Mrs. Strader can attest that we'll literally have a desktop and two laptops going at the same time. So uh, during our meetings and that type of thing that you're working on an email on this one and then Mike working on a Google Drive um, uh, document or working on a Microsoft uh, uh, Excel document or Microsoft Word. Uh, So this is different, uh, me being on the phone. But the same sort of thing, uh, I'm appreciative to our superintendent for giving us uh, that level of choice uh, that Mrs. Uh, Strader was alluding to. Uh, For Mumford, our population just is a bit different in that when it came to really looking at our schedule and after having town halls and conversations with kids, uh, as well as teachers, as well as families, we opted to keep our instructional day exactly the same, uh, but asking that teachers give time for students to actually have some off-screen time, time to actually work on assignments and that type of thing. Um, So very, very similar as far as that. And the growing pains for us, of course, has been, you know, has been been many. Uh, We are also dealing with within our uh, student population, uh, students that have to work. Uh, So one of the things that I often, um, we have email, chat, uh, or students can call. A majority of our kids utilize the chat function on Microsoft Teams. Um, But I'm talking to a lot of students that are having difficulty because during the downturn of parents not being able to work during, you know, due to shutdowns, you know, restaurants, you know, um, other positions like that, you know, in the hotel industry or um, even commercial retail uh, students are actually picking up the mantle and really being the providers of um, um, for their families. Mm -hmm. Uh, So we're dealing with demographics of large demographics of our students that are having to be not only student, but also be worker, bread worker. I mean, uh, uh, bread, uh, bread, bread uh, winners, uh, and winner within the family. So, um, the, the learning curve for us has been great as well. Uh, I can say that, um, there have been kids to, uh, Mrs. Strader's point 
that have absolutely flourished in this online virtual environment. Um, they've always, you know, um, um, been, you know, students that have been able to be kind of self-motivated and do very, very well. But we do have a lot of students that are struggling academically and emotionally as well. And I'm definitely thankful for having a, you know, a strong team that is able to realize that, to be able to have persons from our culture team, to be able to have persons from our social work team, to be able to have our administrators, to be able to have our secretaries and, uh, and just everyone basically be able to inundate students with phone calls and that type of thing and do wellness checks to see how they're doing, counselors that are doing that work as well. Um, so, you know, it's been that huge learning curve for us, uh, but I'm also very, very thankful uh, and appreciative to the uh, endurance grit of our student staff and uh, faculty that have really been able to take um, these things that we're going through uh, with COVID uh, really and produce uh, from coal some really uh, some diamonds and uh, really be able to um, adapt and really overcome and make and take a negative situation and make it you're tuned in to the thinking giving voice to issues that matter to you. What's up, everybody? This is your girl, Telly Hampton, coming to you straight from Detroit, Michigan. Right now, I'm tuned in with your great host, Michael Nimmons. Make sure you stay locked to the Thinking Out Loud radio show. Tune in to the Thinking Out Loud radio show every Tuesday at 8 p.m. with radio host, Michael Nimmons. Available everywhere you listen to your podcast. And now available for download on the Detroit Praise Network app. Thinking Out Loud swag is here. T-shirts, polos, hoodies, letterman's jackets, and even face masks. All priced affordably and in a variety of colors and sizes. Just visit michaelnimmons.com to purchase your favorite Thinking Out Loud radio show swag. Get yours today and rep the show out loud. Who told you that you were naked? Who told you that you were insufficient? Who told you that you were a loser? Who told you that you were a failure? Who told you that you were deficient? Who told you that you were nothing? Who told you that you were worthless? Who told you that you had no value? Who told you that you to believe. Who Told You That You Were Naked is a dynamic, empowering, and inspiring book about identity that is a definite must-have. Pastor Nimmons talks about an identity crisis that dates as far back as the Garden of Eden. You don't want to miss these powerful insights into not just the problem of this identity crisis, 
for the discovery of the spiritual solution. Get your copy now, available on Amazon for just $14.95 or by visiting michaelnemons.com. Like a victim when you are already victorious. What's cracking planet Earth? It's your boy Griff, comedian, author, motivational speaker, entrepreneur, philanthropist, but a Jesus Christ lover. You understand me? And you're listening to Thinking Out Loud Radio with my homeboy, Michael Nemitz. Check him out right here. Go ahead, Mike. Give him that good, good. The Thinking Out Loud Radio Show. Giving voice to issues that matter to you. Listening to the Thinking Out Loud radio show with Pastor Michael Nimmons. Don't you dare touch that dial. It's time, time, time for the Thinking Out Loud radio show of the week. Tonight's thought of the week comes from our latest book entitled Vision from an excerpt in a chapter that we've called Vision for Our Next Generation. Our youth are precious God-given jewels that we as their guardians have to protect and nurture. Inasmuch as we protect them, we're protecting our future. As we nurture them, we're nurturing our tomorrows. As we lead and guide them, we are in turn creating leaders that will lead the next generation into their future. The worst thing that we can do as a community is turn our backs on our youth. In doing so, we will be ultimately turning our backs on our future. The past, the present, and the future are inextricably tied together in, as Dr. King puts it, a single garment of destiny. Each generation is responsible for the posterity and success of the preceding generation. What was done in the past prepares us for today, and what happens today will determine the landscape of tomorrow. And it shall come to pass in the last day that I will pour out my spirit upon all flesh, and your sons and daughters shall prophesy, and your young men shall see visions, and your old men shall dream dreams. This scripture is an indicator of the potential that rests within any individual that has an encounter with God. And so as to not alienate any age group that could potentially interact with God, the writer in both passages specifically identifies both the young and the old and what could possibly happen as a result of that divine interaction. The impact of that encounter is different for each group. The prophet Joel says, your young men shall see visions and your old men shall dream dreams. The bottom line is that everyone that has an encounter with Jesus, their life will never ever be the same. And that scripture, Luke, who is believed to be the writer of this book, declares that the young men shall see visions and notice he carefully inserts the word see 
into the pronouncement of their special abilities. And as much as they now have a relationship with God, they now have the capacity to see what cannot ordinarily be seen. Our young men can now see a future that was hidden behind the dark lens of bondage. Now they're able to see a vision for themselves when before they were mentally and spiritually blind. But an encounter with Jesus Christ is truly the antidote that the youth of this generation and succeeding generations need to be able to see themselves in a way they've never seen before. Giving our youth back to God is the answer to all of our societal problems. Giving them back to God in the same way our newborns are christened at the altar of our churches across the globe, our youth must be given back to God who gave them to us. Christ indeed comes to set us free. He comes to free our vision. He comes to give us a clear view of ourselves through the lens of success and not failure. When our youth are given vision from God, they are truly able to see themselves as God sees them. From a liberated perspective, they can only see what God sees when he looks at them and how valuable they really and truly are. But they also can see the plot of the enemy against them. Our youth's immense value to God is attractive to the enemy. Their value is directly and indirectly tied to the purpose God has divinely given to each and every one of them. The enemy knows that whatever God places value on is destined for greatness. This is why the devil has an adversarial pursuit on the future of young people. He knows that if he can stop them, he can stop the future. If he can stop the youth, then he can stop tomorrow. If he can stop the youth, then he can utterly destroy mankind. This is how important and significant and critical our young people are in determining the architecture of tomorrow. When they were blinded by the devil, they could not see their immense value. They could not see their divine purpose. But now that their mental and spiritual sight have been liberated, they can not only see their value, but they can now see the enemy for who he truly is. You can now see why the devil wanted you blinded in the first place. Now that your sight has been officially liberated, you can see your enormous potential. You can see how your purpose has been insulated from the traps of the enemy. Now that your sight has been liberated, you can truly see as the Apostle John declares, for whom the Son has set free, is free indeed. enjoy tonight's thought of the week again they are our future and we've got to do our very best to prepare them for the future that we expect them to have 
Also want to give a special, special shout out to Principal Veronda Strader and Principal Damian Perry of Renaissance and Mumford High School, respectively. Thank you so much for participating and being a part of the discussion for tonight's show, Educating Today's Young People During a Pandemic. This is part one of this amazing discussion. I can't wait to share part two with you next week, guys. We're going to be back on Tuesday at 8 p.m., so be sure to tune in. Tell your friends, tell your families, tell your co-workers about what we're doing right here on the Thinking Out Loud radio show. Again, remember to follow us on social media, on Facebook at facebook.com forward slash Thinking Out Loud radio show, on Instagram and Twitter at TOL Radio Host MSN, or stop by our website, guys, michaelnemons.com. We've got some great things there in store for you. Well, guys, thank you for tuning in to tonight's show. That's it. That's all for us on tonight. Before we get out of here, as always, remember, if you think it, you can believe it. If you can believe it, you can see it. If you can see it, you can be it. If you can be it, you can achieve it. The power rests within you. The mind is the most powerful muscle in your body. Use what you got to get what you want. The power is in you. It's the Thinking Out Loud radio show. Thanks for listening. Thank you for tuning in to the Thinking Out Loud radio show. If you like the show, be sure to subscribe to the podcast. To get more info about the show and the ministry, visit michaelnemons.com. Want to book radio host Michael Nemons for your next special event? Send an email to contact at michaelnemons.com. Tune in every Tuesday at 8 p.m. for the Thinking Out Loud radio show, giving voice to issues that matter to you.